0: All right, so New York football this season is uh, once again turned on its head as the Giants are 0-2 to start the season. Two miserable, uh, embarrassing uh, losses to get the season going in Detroit and at home against Arizona against quarterback who hadn't played football since uh, 2010. But on the other side of things, the Jets are 1-1, very well could be 2-0 and if they could hold the lead and if um, they could control their own sidelines, and here to talk today, a little Jets football, as promised a couple weeks ago before the season, is uh, my good friend and Jets um, super fan, I guess you could say, Tim Duff, who uh, was out in Green Bay on Sunday for that game, that, that, that devastating defeat for the Jets. Tim, how's it going today, and uh, as I understand, you're still out there in Wisconsin.
1: Uh yeah. Uh I'm doing all right. You know. It was a it was a tough one. Um but uh yeah, I just decided I can't bring myself to go back to New York yet. It just it just hurts so much.
0: <laughs> well the, I, I was coming back from a wedding on Sunday, so uh the I, I got really I got home right about as the time the Jets game started and um you know, I was tired and everything and my picks for the week were, were just uh already obliterated. The Giants had lost So it wasn't a good day. And then to top it off, I see the Jets, you know, pull out to a huge lead against Green Bay. At one point, they lead 21 to 3. And so I'm thinking, you know, there's no way Green Bay is going to cover this eight and a half that I'd pick. And eventually they didn't anyway. But I didn't even think they'd they'd be able to get back in the game. And I know, um, obviously, Aaron Rodgers, a healthy Aaron Rodgers at home, is never truly, really out of a game. But I didn't expect what would transpire over the second half. Uh, as the Jets sort of, you know, played back, played a, a defensive game, didn't really go for it, didn't go for the kill and it ended up costing them. Um, you know, you're out there, you're wearing your Sheldon Richardson jersey, you're with your family, that's Jets fans. Um, I guess we'll start it off with, you know, what's the atmosphere like there, especially from, uh, coming from the opponent's side and, uh, how were you treated by the, by the Packer faithful?
1: Well, uh yeah, thanks for asking this question first. We could start with uh, more, some of the positive aspects of the day. Uh I will say any football fan should go out to uh Lambeau for a football game. Um I my girlfriend is, is from Milwaukee and grew up uh you know there and her mother actually has season tickets, so she was kind enough to host a tailgate for four Jet fans uh and we got the real Wisconsin tailgate uh i mean it's crazy they they're basically tailgating in their own backyards and their driveways you know the back of true value hardware stores and the stadium is you know 100 yards away from you it's a really just a very different but very very cool uh vibe out there and you know, you go into Lambeau and it's like going to one of the classic ballparks, like a Wrigley Field or Fenway Park. It just has just just this great essence about it. So in that regard, it, it's a wonderful place to go and see a football game. The fans, you know, were great. Uh, there was obviously a lot of, uh, you know, good playful ribbing going back and forth. But as someone who is at uh, Gillette Stadium a couple years ago for a devastating Jets loss, uh, as you know, all these you know Boston fans are as bad as they can get, and uh, I, I will say the Green Bay fans were were uh, very nice, even when they came back and won. They could have they could have been a lot worse to us, uh, but they saw you know the tears you know flowing down my cheeks, so they 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 cut me a little bit of slack actually.
0: <laughs> well. We talked uh, a couple weeks ago right before the season started and and you had mentioned you were going out there. So we said we'd talk again and, you were really optimistic. I mean, you're always optimistic about the Jets and um, what any season will entail for them. But you were expe- especially optimistic when we talked about the gauntlet here with Green Bay, Chicago, Detroit, San Diego, Denver, and New England. Um, and, you know, we classified it as a six-week gauntlet, and now it looks like it might even be a seven-week um, with that seventh week coming against Buffalo if they could keep up their hot start. Uh, and, you know, you were you were optimistic going into Green Bay. You thought the Jets had a chance. I didn't think they had a chance. I thought the Packers would cover even. Easily, especially considering they had uh, been embarrassed um, at the hands of the Seahawks on opening night for the league, and and the Jets stuck around, I and mean, they not only stuck around, but they got off to a huge start um, very early on in this game, and uh, you know it, it just seemed like they they could probably pull away, and they never did. And at fourteen nothing, I mean, you're sitting in Lambeau Field, you must have been going nuts. Uh,
1: yeah, I was. I mean, <laughs> the roller coaster ride of Jet fandom was really in full effect. Uh, I mean. Look, that game was a microcosm of every season and every crazy game as a Jets fan. I mean, this is up there with uh, the butt fumble and the fake spike and uh the two missed field goals in the playoffs against. I mean, it's it's right along there. Uh, you know, when they were up twenty-one-three, and I'm seeing you know the line just dominate, causing fumbles, and Gino and Decker are lighting it up, and they're running the ball and. It, Aaron Rodgers can do anything. I was like, you know, I'm the like, first quarter, I'm thinking, all right, we're going to the Super Bowl. You know, that's going through my head. I'm <laughs> jumping up and down. I'm screaming. I'm going, great. But at the same time, uh, as soon as they scored that touchdown going into the half, I knew the Jets were going to lose this game. <laughs> While I am a very optimistic person going into almost every football game, I did remember that inherent pessimism that I do have during the course of the game when you just know that based on what is happening and how the football gods are with the Jets, that it's going to turn sour. And when that, when they scored that touchdown before the half, I was like, this is not good. This is not good. And then, yeah, well, uh, go on. Uh, what, what do you got next for me?
0: <laughs> well, you're right. They, the things didn't go in. It's 21-16, the Jets at half, um, and the Packers come out and, and take the lead on, on a touchdown and then convert to two-point conversion to go ahead 24-21. Um, so you were right. You did get that feel, which is you certainly can feel, and it's not – You know, just something um, people can see at home when, you know, you're watching on your couch. But um, especially on the road, especially, you know, when you're watching your team on the road, which uh, a lot of times I watch the Yankees in Fenway Park, and you know when things are about to to head the other way and uh, there's nothing really you can do about it. That's just how it's going to be. But the Jets do come back, and and they tie the game on the Nick Folk uh, field goal near the end of the third quarter there. So, I mean, you had to be, you know, sort of uh, thinking that you might get some momentum back when they tie the game.
1: Sure. I mean, I'm never going to share that inherent pessimism. Uh, and of course I was excited and, and saw we had a chance. And yeah, I'm rooting, I'm cheering, I'm getting excited, but it was also a very frustrating second half to watch. So granted, they were getting enough done to keep it interesting. Uh, I think just by going immediately back to such a conservative game plan where they were doing some really interesting play calling and formations in the, you know, first half, I was just getting so frustrated, even when they were doing enough to keep it close, with every first down, they run the ball, and guess what, Green Bay knows they're going to run the ball, and they lose yards, or get a yard, it's like, take a shot downfield on first down, I mean, Gino, I think, is actually playing relatively well, minus the turnover problem that is still going on, and you can even argue some of these turnovers weren't helped by other positions, but... Uh, you know, I wish they stayed aggressive and just put the game away instead of going into the famous jet, no matter who the coordinator is, pre-event offense that they did that whole second half.
0: Well, they had a chance there, and obviously the probably the most controversial play of the week. Um, they, they they score a touchdown. It gets called back for a timeout that was called. And from the TV, I mean, we can all see Rex saying, I didn't call it, they're showing a million replays they're showing what they have at least of the jet sideline which was sort of cut off by the top of the screen because um i guess they they weren't you know there was no camera angle there because there there's no reason really to be and you could see more in a week sort of running up and down the sideline um at least saying for someone to call timeout trying to get someone to call it and, and the ref acknowledges it, not knowing who's, who calls it um i guess you know to really break this down we'll start at the beginning and when the Jets score the touchdown there, I can only imagine the emotions that are going through you, because at that time, you don't know that they call the timeout. I mean, no one at home even does until that point. Um, so what happens when the Jets score, and then all of a sudden, you know, you, you see the refs trying to huddle and, and say that's not going to count?
1: Well, you know, we jump up, and it's just silent everywhere around us, Everyone's sitting there, and we're jumping up and down, screaming, high-fiving, high-fiving, going nuts, and then all of a sudden, it just a complete it just completely flips on its head. And I see everyone else. I before I even realized what happened, I see all the Green Bay fans get up and start screaming and jumping. And I'm like, "What the hell is going on? What what happened?" And then you know, someone says to me, "Oh, it was a timeout. It doesn't count." And I, I mean, he, that's where you should should have had a camera on me. I pretty much just sank down, head in hand, just and you know, it was basically like, "Of course, of course, that's what happened." And at that point. When, while I thought we were going to lose going into the half, I knew there was no way we were going to win after that. That I I knew. Even when they converted on the fourth down after, I was like, "This game is over. This is it. This is terrible." And like, of course, of course, of course, of course. you know what? That's also an inherent problem that exists with the Jets. And again, this is been an issue that's happened with other coaches too. It's just I, I don't know what it is. Like whoever coaches the Jets has these problems, but. The game management, I mean, I am a big Rex fan, but he has had some terrible gaps as a game manager with stupid challenges and the penalties are calling. I mean, when we had a shot at the end and it was a two-minute offense, we didn't have any timeouts left because they're calling all these stupid timeouts. Granted, on this one, apparently, Rex had no idea what was going on, but it's just indicative of all of these missteps that seem to happen on the sideline uh, during a game like this. Yes, I was devastated, but also not at all surprised.
0: <laughs> well, like you said, I mean, I guess it's it's Rex's responsibility since he's the head coach; he controls the sideline, so no one else should be uh, calling the timeout. But as the game, you know, uh, was unfolding there, uh, Mike Carey, um, the former NFL ref who's now d- you know doing games on television, says how no one can call a timeout on the sideline except for the head coach, and it was clear that Rex never called it. But at the same time. You know the refs watching the play. He doesn't know who's saying it, but he has to grant it if he hears it come from the sideline. So um, it's it's sort of uh, I I don't know. I don't even know how to to really explain it. I mean, I guess. The ref did the right thing by granting the timeout, even though the head coach didn't say it. I mean, there's no one they employ from the NFL to to watch to make sure who calls it, to make sure it's not a player or a water boy or the offensive coordinator that calls it. So, from your standpoint, I mean, I, I know here in New York you've been in Wisconsin all week, but Jets fans are sort of up in arms that this was that the timeout was was granted and was allowed to go through, since the rule book clearly states that only the head coach can call it.
1: Yeah, I mean. I don't waste energy on that stuff. Cause it's just like, this is the jets. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm ticked off. This is like, it's just one of those things that's just going to happen. And, and, you know, I, I've read multiple articles dissecting it second by second. Uh, you know, yeah, they shouldn't have been able to call it, but they were trying to call it. It's like you're, you'll drive yourself crazy. I, I've, you know, dranking myself to enough stupors trying to, you know, justify things like this that have happened as a Jets fan. So in that sense, I just accepted it and I'm trying to move on. Maybe in my older years, I'm just trying to protect myself emotionally so that I don't go completely insane. Uh, but actually what bothers me the most in that regard as far as the mistakes of it is, uh, according to Sanini, who did one of the breakdowns that I read on, on ESPN, uh, if he did it frame by frame and they actually didn't even call the timeout at the time, the whistle blew after the play was snapped. So even with all of that, the timeout still shouldn't have counted. <laughs> and that to me is like, that's the one that get that's the straw that breaks my back is with all of this nonsense that happened and, you know, games get crazy and yeah, they're not looking and it shouldn't be allowed to, but when everyone on the sidelines yelling timeout, I can understand how a ref's going to make the call, and they're protected in the rules because if they're not looking and they call it, it counts, even though they're not supposed to. Uh, so whatever. But the fact that even with all of that, it shouldn't have counted anyway because the play got off. And ah, oh, what a beautiful play, uh, Neil. You're really you're you're just bringing this all back. I have tried to <laughs> shut it out of my mind the last four days. And, well, and,
0: I don't think you should be I'm, that upset. I'm it again. I don't think you should be that upset because I mean. <laughs> You look at the Jets in, in week one, and, and a win's a win. They get a win. It wasn't the best, you know, win over a bad Raiders team and a rookie quarterback, and you think that um, the Jets would have been able to do more against the Raiders, but they go in the Green Bay as eight-and-a-half-point underdogs. They have the game wrapped up, and then, like New York football teams do, like the Giants do, like the Jets do, they give it away, and they don't hang on, but... You know, at one point in that game, you said you thought the Jets were capable of going to the Super Bowl. And whether or not the Packers are as good as everyone makes them out to be, uh, that's a tall task to go into Lambeau, their season opener at home, uh, and, and, you know, to at least stay in the game long enough that it should have most likely gone to overtime. And uh, so I think you have to feel good about the Jets after what you've seen these two weeks, even if they did lose the first game of this uh,
1: supposed gauntlet here. No, I do. I do. Uh, You know, I I think they showed that they can be, you know, as good as almost any team in the league based on how they played for you know at least that first quarter and a half. And uh, but they can also be as bad as any team in the league based on the stupid mistakes and the lack of discipline that they sometimes make. And they are a young team. They are growing. Um, And. I do look at it as, you know, it does seem like there is a core talent that is starting to gel at certain points. And Gino is playing better. And that, you know, you're going to go the way your quarterback goes uh, a lot of times in this league. So, you know, I'd rather be in that situation than not have enough talent and not have stuff working because the discipline and the penalties and the turnovers and Things like that are, are easier to fix within a season than, you know, a ton of problems uh, with your personnel. Granted, we are in trouble in the secondary, um, but I still have hope that that is going to improve as well going forward.
0: Well, they return home this week, Monday Night Football, against the Bears to uh, continue this three-game, uh, three-consecutive week uh, streak here against the NFC North with Green Bay, Chicago, and Detroit. Um, I'm. I'm guessing you'll be back here by then. You'll be at MetLife on Monday night.
1: I will be at that game. I get back Sunday night. Um, it's the day before my birthday. I'm going to the to the Bears game uh, with a buddy of mine, uh, and I have to wear the I have to wear a Packers jersey because I lost the bet. Uh, <laughs> so that's going to be a little painful. Uh, but I will be there. So if you see someone in a. Bart Star jersey uh, on TV. That'll that'll be me. But uh, I feel good about that game. Actually, I think it's a good matchup. The Jets played well on Monday night uh, lately. Uh, I think they're they're going to be really ticked off after this loss. And, and if they can pull off a win here and go two and one, I'll be a very happy Jets fan.
0: <laughs> well, as part of that bet, do you at least get to wear like a Jets hat or something to show people you're not insane, or is everyone going to be like you're going to be that guy that's just wearing a, a team a jersey of a team that's not even playing to the game?
1: Well, I'll make sure I'm gonna tell everyone around me I lost it that I will have my jets hat on. And I'll probably have a you know, a sweatshirt with me just in case anyone you know, starts shit with me. The last thing I would want is a Jets fan is to get my ass kicked by a fellow Jets fan for wearing another team's jersey. Well, uh
0: well after that performance, uh, so they got Chicago Monday night, then they've got Detroit at home the following Sunday. Then they continue San Diego, Denver, New England. Um, And now at Buffalo, you got to really throw in that mix here after their start. But before the season, when I had mentioned... You know, as long as Tom Brady's around, you sort of have to give the division to the Patriots, and um, they got off to a rocky start against Miami. Then they caught a break um, with Adrian Peterson not being uh, able to play because of his uh, personal issues um, against the Vikings in Minnesota, and uh, and Buffalo's off to a two and 0 start. So you know, the AFC East might be deeper than people gave it credit for. At least people, uh, including myself.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Again, since I've been at every game on Sunday, I haven't been able to watch a lot of other football, uh, you know, on Sundays. But uh, yeah, Buffalo has been surprisingly good. You know, Miami is okay, and and the Patriots. You know, I love it because everyone's saying that the Patriots is going to be like the best team Bill Belichick ever had, and you know, with Darrelle Revis and blah, blah 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 blah. So I'm happy that they're struggling, and and I don't think they're as dominant as they used to be. And, um, you know, I think yeah, it it shows the Jets have a shot, and especially if, you know, the AFC teams can beat each other up a little bit, like Miami beating the Patriots, it, it helps our chances uh a bit. And yeah, it's cool because it kinda feels like the olden days of the AFC East when it used to be one of the toughest divisions in the league, you know, before the Brady dominance and it was kind of a rotating door of any one of those, you know, four teams could you know, would win the division from, from any given year. So uh i, I you know I'll take anything over the Patriots dominating division. Even if the Bills win, I'll be happier than uh, than I would be uh, if if the Pats, you know, won another thirteen games this year.
0: <laughs> well, uh, coming up here with the gauntlet, uh, you know, we'll have to continue to talk, continue the podcast. Um, as I see this right now, I mean that 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 time around when they go back, uh, they go to the West Coast or San Diego, then they've got Denver. And then at New England on Thursday Night Football, uh, maybe we'll talk somewhere around there, right at, right at the beginning of October, or maybe we'll talk before that. If, if for some reason um, you know they, they can't make it to the beginning of this gauntlet, and things start to go south. Um, maybe I'll have to, to give you a call around then.
1: Oh, I'm, I'm sure you'll be there uh, waiting for me uh, if that's to happen. I won't hear, if they win their next you know five games. I won't hear from you again probably for the rest of the season. <laughs> uh, uh, (laughs) so if that's the case, hopefully I don't talk to you before that.
0: (laughs) All right, Tim. Well, thanks for your time. And, uh, you know, good luck wearing that Bart Starr jersey on on Monday night and, uh, you know, an early happy birthday, and maybe the Jets will get you a win against the Bears. All
1: right, I hope so. Thanks, man. I'll talk to you soon.